Six Feet Under is made possible thanks to our generous Patreon donors. This episode is brought to you by Gar the Internet Dog. You can find out more at patreon.com slash feats. An excerpt from Alpenglow by Nightwish. Close your eyes and take a peek. The truth is easy to see. We were here, roaming on the endless prairie, writing out an endless story. We were here, grieving for the saddened faces, conquering the darkest places. We were here. I need you to build something for me. What do you have in mind? I need something to get up a volcano. I can think of one thing, but... We have to get a piece off of Aurealis. How are we gonna do that? I don't know. We have six wanted posters up, along with a notice. And the notice is that halflings are illegal now and will be hunted on site. But there's four of us. You're one question behind. They put a wanted poster up of the pumpkin patch. That's one of them. Oh. There is a poster for the 30th Prince of Lindora. Wow, what a dork. Describe the drawing for Pop-Tart. So you know how in Avatar The Last Airbender in that episode where they went to a play and a giant muscly guy was playing Toph in the play? Yes. It's that. Okay. But for Pop-Tart. So, Pan, do you want to describe what Harbinger looks like in their description is? <laughs> it's just a page from a local furniture design catalog. <laughs> Damn, they're on to me. So, Yuria, do you want to describe Pan's poster? For some reason, it looks like the cover art for, like, a $2 used book. Like, one of those romance books. So, uh, Pop-Tart, describe Yuria's wanted poster. It's basically a bright red robot, like one of those old-style, like, robots that are all boxy and stuff. Like a Rock'em Sock'em? Yeah, like one of those. How about this economy, I say to the ticket taker as I get on the train. Yeah, and you're all let in. Anyway, I'm going to take a nap. I don't know what the hell you people are doing. Actually, I do know what you're doing. I'm going to kick you all out of the cabin so I can take a good nap. Yeah. Goodbye. Oh, you know, you're just going to sneak back in there because we do have some. And then I'm going to use one of my uses of ley lines to seal the door. Rude. That seems like a bad use of resources. What were you actually doing in your secret room? Well, you see, I think the core of the prestige is around using the second use of my accessing, you know, my ley lines to make inaccessible locations accessible. Yes. To make the tank accessible. Yeah, you just open a portal between you and the tank. And I just kind of go in there and I'm like, all right. I super don't know how to pilot this thing. Why am I not surprised by this? I'm gonna just walk out. I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay sitting one out and like leaving to Dragon's Lore early. I really, really want to get these two arrested. But I should probably go looking for trouble first. I mean, you'll find it either way. These two have obviously spoken to her at some point. I need to find out what, what they asked her. 
Okay, so you're gonna hop ahead to the library ahead of everyone else? Yeah, sure. Uh, is a river opening up in the middle of a train station enough of a distraction for the t- tank to just kind of roll away into the nearby underbrush where we can at least temporarily hide it? Yes. You drive off of the platform with your tank. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Six Feet Under to Winter's End. Uh, we just left the train. <laughs> And we have our new breakout star, Pinpin! <laughs> Pan, are you Pinpin or Pan right now? Let's start there. I'm Pan right now. I refuse. I, I can't do that physically. Okay. I think the smaller he gets, the higher and crack, voice crackier his voice gets. If he goes full apple size, it's just constant squeaking. So Pan is leaving the train station, walking through town, as there are sounds of explosions behind him. And there's, there's like a big flash of light, and there's a fight going on at the train station between a bunch of guys armed with swords and guns and two very powerful soldier people things. The word you're looking for is mercenaries. They aren't that either. Mercenaries for a specific person? They're not really pay- being paid, are they? They're just following else. Like vassals, I guess? Yeah, that's probably closest. Henchmen? Goons? Henchman's another one. Yeah, that works. Meanwhile, a little bit to the south of town, we have Harbinger and Yuri piloting a tank. Just like, this is probably like the most triumphant Harbinger has been like in the entire campaign thus far. And is like singing some weird, horrifying song that has weird, horrifying lyrics about flesh. Oh. Coincidentally, it rhymes exactly with the uh, fucking SpongeBob SquarePants opening theme, so, you know. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to make it nice and easy for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the body horror version of the SpongeBob opening. Why did I get my air repaired? So Yuri is piloting that tank away, and you guys are finding somewhere to hide it, I think? Is that what you said? We're gonna hide it. We don't need to do anything with it right now. There's nothing that we need to blow up. Unless this goes real bad. Yeah, and and if it goes real bad, we'll just remember where we parked it. Don't blow up, my friend. We're not going to blow up anyone who doesn't deserve it. We've said that several times. I've said that. Remember when Pam was a pacifist? Stop reminding me. Okay, you two need to stop arguing in my head. No, you brought this on yourself. Siri, you had something you wanted to talk about. Oh... It's time to offer flesh up to the sea. Harbinger, can you not do that? Uh, I do have a question, though. Um, yes? So I've kind of seen you do all this magic stuff. Ah, yes, magic. Would you like a crash course in the practices of magic? Uh, yeah. Well, it is theorized that layered on top of this world, there is another world that is influenced by the power of... Thought and belief. And this is what we usually refer to as magic. In the Column City tradition, we are, let's say, partnered, and I like pet the weird dog in an ominous way, with someone who will help us emphasize and illuminate our mental processes in that other world and bring them into our own world in a way that is satisfactory and, in my case, has been on more than one occasion to completely atomize something, but, you know, that's just the adventure we're on. Oh, it's time to offer your flesh to the sea. But, 
I, oh, I, I was just wondering because, you know, I see you do all this magic stuff. I see Pop Tart doing all that fun water stuff, and ah, but you see, I theorize that the halflings, like Pop Tart themselves, are half of this world and half of the other that is formed by belief. <gasps> Isn't it Pop Tart themselves who told us that they are formed by the belief of their community? So perhaps it is possible that they are not quite of this world and not quite of the next. And for that reason, be nice to halflings. Wait, have you played the fact that's what halfling means this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that's... <gasps> ah. Oh my god. Oh my... Oh my god. That's why they're halflings. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Clover, are you gonna be okay? That's just so good. I didn't actually plan that. I just kind of wandered into it. So you know, I guess it. I guess it makes sense. Oh, me and Joey planned it. Well, there you go. I just blundered directly into your good ass explanation without needing any fucking help. So, I guess what I'm really trying to say is, you're all fired from the podcast. I got it from here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's magic. If you continue to believe in yourself, then perhaps you will find. That a believing heart is your magic. Wait, is this actually magic or are you just trying to make me feel bad? Both. Pam, what are you doing to my head? Get out. <laughs> I never left. I'm just walking. I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Go shopping. Oh, I, oh, I should go buy some clothing. Yeah, you make should. Make myself presentable for trouble. Yeah, there is a clothing store to your left. Oh boy, let's go shopping. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the Dragon Law gift shop. Well, it's, this is actually a full-on town. Like, the, the university is the main, like, feature of Dragon's Lore that people care about and come here for. So it's just a bunch of, like, low-cost student housing? It's, like, student housing, but there's also, like, there's a Dragon Slayer's Guild here. Oh, never mind. There's a whole bunch of stuff. What's, like, the aesthetic of the town? Monster Hunter. Oh boy, okay. So everything's just made out of bones and spear bits and parts. And, like, canvas, yeah. yeah. Stretched skins and painted wood. Hey, Pam, why don't you cook some meat and sing a little song to it? So tasty! Okay, um, let's, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I guess we should probably just keep going to Dragon's Lore. You could, you could get some more clothes and I'll come back to you in a minute with the outfit you came up with. Because I still want to go back to Harbinger and Yuria's conversation here, if they have more to say. You know, I definitely wanted to say, although Harbinger already kind of touched on it without probably knowing about it, but, or maybe they did, but Yuria is definitely kind of wanting to do magic herself. So, practicing magic on one's own, as you know, the, well, there's being a halfling and there's being a columnist, and that's just two ways to interact with this hypothetical otherworld that overlaps our own. I am quite confident that you could find your own way to interact with this other world. And I am also quite confident that you could easily find a school to which to enroll. So, you know, I guess what I'm really trying to say in the ultimate cosmic sense is, uh, don't worry about it. Ah, <sighs> the catchphrase. Oh, it's time to offer flesh up to the sea. We're here. Okay, let's go. Alright, so you guys found a hiding place for the tank. Yeah, it's, we parked it next to a bunch of other tanks. 
Yeah, you know, like, you have parking for cars and you have parking for, like, buses and coaches. There's, like, loads of tanks here on school trips. Yeah. I mean, I did just establish there's a bunch of dragon slayers. Maybe they have, like, dragon slayer kit. You could park this by. So, Pop-Tart. While they're having that conversation, storing the tank, and Pan is shopping for a new outfit, you went straight to the library. I did. Mm-hmm. And you can immediately sense where trouble is, because you have your halfling senses. They're in the upper floor, with inside the cool dragon skull that forms the, uh, the top of this library. Hell yeah. The university is a tower, much like most things in this setting. There's a lot of towers. But it's made out of dragon bones and, like, stretched dragon scales. Each dragon scale is about as big as Pop-Tart. Neat. And it's just walled with those, and it is a very tall and intimidating-looking structure that shines brightly in the setting sun. It, like, shimmers. And you can tell that... You can even tell without your halfling sense that trouble is up there because there's a bunch of water dripping out of the bottom of it. That is, like, almost instantly freezing into snow. So there's, like, constant snowfall around the tower is that of the university. To be happening? Well, you know, you know trouble. They're a rain owl. It's always raining around her. Yeah, but rain, not snow. Well, yeah, that's that's not supposed to happen. But, you know, there's some stuff going on in the world. Also, that must be irritating when you're a librarian. Probably. Hey, maybe all the books are just on vellum or something. They're not actually on paper. Yeah, they're 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 waterproofed somehow. Sure. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna hop on up and be like, trouble, hi. Yeah, so you you just hop up to the outside of the skull and peer in through one of the eyes, like, hey trouble, what's up? Yeah. And she looks up at you and she is actually wearing like full professor robes and it looks kinda it's kind of weird to you because you see her at the party as just herself. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen her at work. Yeah, here she's a professor. Her halfling status is irrelevant here. Not that radical party owl that you already. She's a real fun drunk. No, that's someone else. Oh, oh right, yeah. That's a completely different halfling. <laughs> no, no trouble. Trouble when she gets drunk. She just kind of goes really quiet. And gets introspective really, drunk. Yeah, it gets really thoughtful and pensive, and it's actually kind of irritating, because she starts, like, thinking she's a philosopher. She always thinks she's a philosopher. <laughs> yeah, but more. <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah, so she is about six feet tall. Her wings are huge and made of clouds. And her face is shaped like... Like, it has a feathers around it, and it's got that hole in the middle, like an owl's face, but there's, like, a person's face there. Yeah. Like... Oh. Like, there's a snow owl or a barn owl? Whichever one has the clearly, like, defined circular face. Barn owl. It has that very clear, like, heart-shaped face. Yes. Like, one of those. Except it's a person face in there. Okay. Oh, that's... Man, people must be terrified when they first see her. (laughs) Kinda, yeah. And she's wearing black robes and has a hood up, and she looks up to you. Pop-Tart? That's a surprise. Hello! What brings you here today? Did you talk with a couple of people recently? One of them is a blanket with wings. The other was a robot with a giant shield and an orcish weapon. I did, in fact, yes. Dr. Chaos was very upset with that man. 
We actually made him wait outside. They're kind of trying to kill me and my friends. Oh, that's a problem. You think? Well, it's unusual to see a columnist. So, yes, we had a lively chat. She left upset, but I feel like she learned from the experience. It's really important to me that I know what they asked you for? Well, mostly we covered the contents of these two books, and she brings you over to her desk and, like, waves you towards her. Yeah, I'm gonna hop, hop yeah. right onto it and, like, be a frog because I can't be bothered looking over her shoulder to read a book. One of the books is as big as you are. Oh, that's a problem. And she pulls it open. And it's the history of everything to do with dragons. It's like an encyclopedia of every recorded event involving dragons. Just named everything to do with dragons. Yeah. In chronological order. Okay. And, I mean, I guess this is stuff I probably want to talk about with everyone. She can go over the basics of it with you, quick. Okay. The short version is, dragons were supposed to be here 25 years ago. And... They weren't. They weren't. And the main thing that she was actually asking about is what the dragons were like. So she goes into detail about, like, this is what dragons look like, this is what they're shaped like, this is the things they do. And you'll notice that doesn't match up with Pan very well. No, but I, I always knew that. No. You aren't old enough to have seen a proper dragon, but, like, you kind of can't not know about them for being around for 300 years. Yeah. Next to a monastery full of dwarves who worship dragons. Okay. They're trying to figure out how to deal with Pan. Yes. That is that is the clear message you're getting from looking at this information. Clearly they didn't get far, considering yeah. Pan is not what they thought Pan would be. Pretty much, yeah. And the second book that she was asking about, uh, the, se- the main one that they use for resource- material while looking up, besides the history of dragons is a much smaller book. It is a little black book. It is the diary of a dragon named Apocalypse. Okay. Who is the king of dragons. Is he still alive, or...? He should be. He's immortal. Okay, that helps. He's the eternal dragon. The one who keeps bringing back all the others. So the fact that 25 years late means he might be dead, but he shouldn't be. No, he shouldn't be. Or he's frozen. Yeah. Hey, Trouble. Yeah. Can I borrow this big book from you? I'm not sure how you'll carry it. Also, this isn't a library. This is the archives. This is a book we cannot let leave. It's kind of important. I mean, I'm sure you're having fun, but I'm like a block away. Yeah, yeah. Pan, you're, you're getting close now. What's your new outfit look like? You bought new clothes. Oh, right. I, it's, well, it's gonna be pretty basic, because he's trying to blend in, so it's just gonna be, like, a, like, a lace-up linen tunic, like, a leather vest of, like, workers wear, and probably, again, he's probably, he's gonna have to get used to wearing gloves, just because his hands, we're learning, are dangerous. <laughs> They're not good tools to just have out willy-nilly. Yeah, and, like, some shorts with, like, a wrap sarong. Or something around his waist. And then some cowboyish boots. And like cute stockings going up like right above the knee. Nice. It's like a fashionable Shrek. 
Uh, well, now you ruined it. <laughs> now we can't. Now, now I have to say all. I need to make a whole new thing. Nope, too late. You're wearing nope. this. You're fashionable Shrek now. Okay, so I'm like human Shrek. <laughs> like I'm like hot Shrek. No, that's an even more cursed phrase. <laughs> hot Shrek. No human uh, Shrek. Human Shrek is so much worse than hot Shrek. I won't stake my claim on that issue. <laughs> I nearly Google image search hot Shrek, and you know what? I I don't think I hate myself enough to actually go through with that. I have strong opinions about Shrek being good. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's go to the library. You get to the library, you, you knock a... Like, actually, what are you doing? There's a door in front of you. Trouble just said it's not a library. You keep calling it a library. They have library sections. It's not a this, lending library. It's not a it's lending a research library. library. Yes, that's correct. It's not a public library. It's a university library. Okay. You come here to learn. You I do not like, take books. This is the part where I admit my village doesn't have a library and I've never been to university, so I don't actually know how libraries okay. work. <laughs> uh, well, public libraries, anyone can take any book. That's the usual conception. University libraries, you have to be a student to check out a book. Okay. And even then, you're usually living in a dorm that's like a couple blocks away at most. Okay. So there's some sort of dragon monster academy here. Yeah. A guild sort of situation. Uh, anyway, I'm... It's clearly a private institution, and I'm making a New Year's resolution to not do more crime several months into this year. I'm just gonna knock on the door and tell Pop-Tart I'm here. Because Pop-Tart can hear me. Sure. Like, you can set up a grand dramatic entrance. The door is answered by a woman in professor robes who has a metal face. Uh. Hello there. What brings you here at this hour? The frog and the owl. Her face changes expression by flipping. Uh. Oh, that's so cool. Like, it just flips over and it's a curious frown. What, do you, what business do you have with the professor? And I do not know which frog you speak of. My, well, my friends up there, they just came in. There was a frog that came through this door. And by frog, I mean, like, child that, like, resembles a caricature of a frog. No, I was an actual frog when I came in through the window. Oh, okay, well... Her face remains quizzical. No, no one's, one's come, come through the, the door, door since classes closed. Closed. classes ended an hour ago. It's just me and the professor right now. We're the only ones who live here. Well, tell the professor that there is a dragon here to see her? She laughs at you, and her face flips to one of laughter. Like a, like a comedy mask. How many masks are there? Don't worry about it. There's a bunch. Oh, boy. I mean, I got this thing, and he, like, pulls around his tail... Like, tugs at it to show that it's real. Alright, come in, dragon. Yeah, thanks. So he just kind of sits in the waiting room, like, idly. No, she's gonna start leading you up the stairs to the office. Oh boy, that's nice. You're nice. Sorry I laughed. Your face is weird. (laughs) Wow! She laughs again. Why are you being so rude? She's in on the joke. Uh... It's very interesting. I don't understand how it works mechanically because... Again, machines scare me. I'm not saying you're a machine, but I don't... I am a machine, though. I'm Dr. Chaos. I'm one of the orcs. That's fine. Wait, what? Yes. Oh, we met one of those. 
I'm making the T gesture. No. Why not? My designation is D2X5. I was a deception model during the war, but nowadays I... I tend to the library. That's neat. Anyway, this library is cool, huh? It is. It is very cool. And then anyway, Pop-Tart, you had a question for Trouble. Hey Trouble, do you want to meet a dragon? She looks at you with surprise and says, never. Do you want to meet a friendly dragon? There are none. They seek the end of the world. There's one. But like a hot dragon. <laughs> That's all of them also. <laughs> what if I told you there was one that even I trust? I mean, you'd trust anything, Pop-Tart. Burned. Whose side are you on, Pan? I don't know. I'm just here. I'm having fun. I have a new friend. They're cool. They have a cool face. Okay, Yuria? I wish you could see this face right now, because it's fucking badass. I mean, I'm gonna see it soon, because we're walking to the library right now. Yeah, you're also oh. gonna be- they're gonna be there soon also. They just had to take a detour. Okay, Trouble, what if I told you that this is a dragon that can turn your rain back into rain? And that's when Pan enters the room. With Dr. Chaos. Never mind, he's here. Woo! Trouble looks at Pan for a long moment in silence. So, like... I'm, I'm not very big. But I can do the fire thing? Show me. Okay, well... He just, uh... Well, I gotta use one of my... My body igniting thingy. Tired to go hot. <laughs> Time to go Flamio. So he just kind of claps his hands together. Flamio, Hotman. And concentrates as his body temperature surges. Which, again, I didn't. I might ruin this outfit right away, huh? I didn't consider this. There's mechanical problems with wearing a shirt, but. Yeah. Don't worry, there's probably like graduation robes we can, oh, no. we can borrow. Yeah. Well, your your shirt, your tunic immediately catches fire. Damn it! Again. How often of a problem do we have with Pan just being naked all of a sudden? There's a reason. <laughs> I am justified. She makes some rain to cool you off. Just sprays rain forward towards you. Oh no, that's its weakness. And it immediately turns the steam before it even touches you. See, I told you. I don't trust it, Pop Tart. I'm perfectly nice. His name is Pan. Friar Pan, thank you. He's a monk. From Madeline's Monastery to the southeast, in the heart of the Tartland, and there are dozens of dwarves that can tell you I am a perfectly kind young man who might have committed some don't, illicit don't, don't, acts, but I was led on by circumstances. Of course they would name you that. They name everything after food, you know. And then they named you after a cooking instrument. What do you think that means? I know, it's so cute. Cute isn't the word I'd use. It's a fun joke. Get it? Because, like, I'm hot. And I'm a fryer pan. And, like, I help them cook. Oh my god, is that the fucking joke I hate so 
Wait. (laughs) (laughs) I swear we've Uh. got... (laughs) I swear we went through this before. Yes. They found a dirt baby, and the dirt baby was really hot, so they named the dirt baby Firepan, because dwarves are a bunch of shits. Today's a day of revelations. Wow, glad talking to your own people, huh? They're just a bunch of- they just make mom jokes constantly. Listen, Trouble, what do we have to do to prove that you can trust Pan? I won't trust him. But I trust you, Pop-Tart. If you can keep him under control, then it's fine. You know I can. I'm a river. I don't know that. I really don't know that, Pop-Tart. If I couldn't keep him under control, I wouldn't be here right now. Anyway, uh, Pan doesn't, doesn't really know if he can contribute to this conversation, so he's no, going to try looking no. closely around. No, 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 Pan. What? Show her the thing I taught you. Oh, to be a frog? Yeah, listen, I wouldn't teach him this if I thought he would do something bad with it. Like a dragon that can change size at will can wreak havoc. If I didn't trust him, I wouldn't teach him how to do it, but I spent ages teaching him how to do the things that I do. Pop-Tart, I understand that you, tr- that you trust him. That isn't my concern. I trust you, and I know you trust him. I cannot trust the dragon. I have seen what they do. I mean, I don't really know what they do. That's what we're here to find out. But I think we need to tell you, because you're clearly not. And you can't go around claiming you're a dragon. Why not? He is! My mom said so. Zzz. Mom, you, zzz. Okay, so when you say why not he is, she gives you a look. <laughs> and when you say my mom said so, she gives Pan a completely different look. The, the look to Pop-Tart is a look of, do you believe this? And the look to Pan is, you can't believe this. The dwarves know what dragons are, and they're pretty convinced. And they raised me to go- be a good, good, nice man. Good, good man. Which I haven't been doing, have <laughs> He kind of just looks down for a second, a little bit lost. Pop-Tart's frantically making the tea gesture. There's something you're not telling me, Pop-Tart. Hey, Harbinger, I don't think anybody's here. I've been knocking on this door for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, at this point, Dr. Chaos is going to bow out of the conversation because it seems a little over her head. Go Start going back downstairs. Oh, she was cool. I don't know exactly what you are, but I have an idea. I have a theory immediately, and I want to test it. I'm not great at tests. And she's going to walk up to you. I'm going to touch you. Have fun? Okay, one of her big cloud arms wraps around your torso. And it starts immediately turning to steam. Oh. Is that good? And she's kind of just looking at it and analyzing as her arm is disintegrating in front of her. Am am I hurting you? A little. I can't stop. You know that, right? No, I know. She's just looking up at the steam. Uh... She pulls her hand away from you. Okay, you are a dragon. Neat. 
Her, her right arm is now much, much shorter and smaller than her left arm, but she seems okay with it. I'm, I'm hoping that kind of grows back there. Yeah, yeah she'll um, be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it comes back. So that's that's steam. That's yeah. the same as the fog ocean. And she walks back to her desk to go look at something. And pretends he understands what the point she's getting at. <laughs> you do know why the fog ocean is the way it is, don't you? Well, I guess that's not public knowledge. I imagine the dwarves wouldn't know, but... The ocean is what it is. Because it's, it's supposed to be water. I don't know if you know that. It's supposed to be water. That sounds fake. I assure you, it is not. No, it... It's true, it's supposed to be water. Um, there's a thing. Um, I don't think I ever told you this. All halflings that are connected to water can kind of read each other's minds? Yeah, we kind of feel it. Oh, so it's like a bowl of situation, but you're all different bees. Yeah, no. and the... Well, well okay. That's not at all what that is. That's not a... No. <laughs> Okay. Let me let me explain it from my perspective. I'm too dumb for this. I'm just gonna sit in the corner <laughs> with my arms folded. Me too. Read a children's book. I knew Pop Tart was coming, because we are both creatures of the water. Halflings can kind of all sense each other, but halflings of the same type can really feel each other. I can trust Pop Tart, and I can feel what they're feeling. I can understand where they're coming from, and that's the only reason I haven't thrown you out my window. Fine. Also, you're really large. I don't that think... wouldn't be the problem. Yeah. I'm not, like, super dense or anything. So, Yuria! An orc answers is the door. <laughs> yeah, hi, can we, uh, 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 uh... Hello there, I... Oh... Oh, Yuria, right? You're the half-orc. What did you... What the fuck did you call me? I see I touched a nerve. And her face her face flips over to, like, an apologetic face. I'm a panda. Okay. Okay, okay. Would you like to come in? You and your, your columnist friend. Yeah, um... I don't suppose a very rude buff man with muscles that you could grate cheese on and a frog wandered in here, did they? Wait, back up, what? <laughs> they did, yes. They're just upstairs if you want to follow me. Alright. My, the professor does not get this many guests, ever. Yeah, well, we're kind of on a mission here, so... Okay, okay. I understand. You must be very busy. So, Harbinger, what are you going to do? Are you going to go up with them? Probably not. Probably not. I don't feel as though I particularly need the same knowledge that they do. I would much rather prepare for other aspects of the journey to come in which we travel across the most blasted fire plains and that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, right. I think I'm just going to peter around down here in the geography section for a little bit. 
Yeah, the first floor is, well, a giant library. It's has you would imagine it to be in a circular tower. Lots of bookshelves. The, the ones on the walls are curved. It works out. It's got, like, a weird spiral pattern going on. It's kind of neat. Hey, me too. It's, uh, tended to by an orc named Dr. Chaos, so, you know, that's Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd like that detail. I I want to have a secret handshake with Dr. Chaos. How does that... How does that happen by the end of the scene? Okay. Well, she just left to take everyone else upstairs. <laughs> next time, I guess. Ne- yeah, next time, unfortunately. I'll get you next time, Dr. Chaos. We'll be best friends next time. Anyway. What's up with the geography section? It is geography section. There's a lot of books, some encyclopedias, some maps. There's a bunch of scrolls, uh, which mostly contain maps. Oh, radical. Scrolls are the good stuff. You know you're into the good stuff when you find scrolls instead of books. Yeah. Just the whole shelf full of scrolls, because that's how how you store maps at this time period, whatever nonsense time period we're in. I think I'm probably going to spend, like, a nice, long, boring period just kind of, like, Comparing different maps of the fireplanes because I highly doubt that all maps of the fireplanes are accurate, and like plotting out different routes on different ones and like planning on combining them depending on what's actually fucking there. It's a chaotic place, what with being called the fireplane, so it does shift over time. Maybe the maps are straight up dated, and after like six months, they're just incinerated because they're useless now because the fireplanes are that <laughs> unstable. Uh. I mean, that sounds about right. They're like, they're, or they're kept for historical purposes, yeah, so you can too. track the changes over time. Good stuff. But yeah, that's pretty... He's just drawing... They're just drawing lines on maps for like four hours, so... Maybe we'll sure, skip sure. over that. Like comparing that. the direction that changes are happening so you can predict what it'll be like now. Yeah. Anyway, back to my point. Pan. Yeah. I need to tell you something very important. You're not a dragon. But you are a dragon, and that confuses me. I assume you're a half-dragon, and I don't know how that works. Yeah, that seems mechanically difficult. It does. It really does. However, I can show you what an actual dragon looks like. That sounds fun. We're inside a dead one right now. We are. In fact, I have a model of this very dragon just downstairs. And she heads out to the door. I just climbed these stairs, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as Dr. Chaos is there with another guest, Yuria Bloodtongue. Hi, Yuria. Bye, Yuria. (laughs) Have fun with Dr. Chaos. You have a lot in common. I'm gonna hop onto onto Yuria's head and join her in whatever she's doing. Well, she's presumably meeting the professor like you all are. Yeah, nope. the Professor Convent and Fellowship, so we're going to be finding out about oh, Pam's origins. I just, only now I'm starting to hear. Uh, you're going to have to fill me in later on all this. I I'm, just gonna, heard... I'm just going to sit on her head. She's my mount now. Alright, you guys head down one floor to a museum room full of dragon artifacts and with a model of a dragon in the middle of, as the centerpiece of the room. It's about six feet long. And made of plaster or clay or something. So the scale here is like what? Like 1 to 30? 1 to. I think 1 to 30 sounds about right, yeah. I don't think that's that very big. 
Let's see. I was waiting to hear like one to five hundred. Would be like, uh, yeah, the typical dragon being about one hundred eighty feet long sounds right. The typical dragon. They get bigger. Hmm. They also get smaller. Actually, I believe the smallest dragon is only about ten feet tall or ten feet long that I've seen. There may be smaller. I have definitely not seen every dragon. There aren't that. There are lots of them, and they don't go everywhere. Neat. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, Clove, describe what this dragon model looks like. Yeah, what do drag? What the what the full blooded dragons look like? Dragons are more or less gigantic reptilian earthworms. That they're completely serpentine with two small forelimbs at the front, and a very reptilian face with two long trailing whiskers and a mane flowing down the course of the body. That they're scaled, but the scale is the scales are mixed in with like various patches of hair and different textures along the body of it. So they're like Eastern style dragon. They have great eyebrows too. Very good. Very good eyebrows. See, that's how I know. Like, we're, we're, yeah, got that going on. Yeah. Well, the thing about dragons is everyone associates them fire, with fire, but they're actually creatures of all the elements. They can move freely through anything. They can manipulate and destroy whatever they touch as they like. They are unstoppable beasts of destruction. So they're creatures of energy. Do they have any connection? Do they have any connection to the fail? The what? The who now? Don't worry about it. I don't believe they do. I think dragons are something else. They're not creatures of belief. The thing about the veil is the other side of the veil is a better world. And dragons have nothing to do with a better world. So... How did... I don't know. I don't know what you are. And frankly, you baffle and scare me. And what does this have to do with the ocean? The ocean? Yeah, you said it had something to do with the ocean. Yes. That's where the dragons sleep when they're not raising the world. The first sign of their coming is when the ocean becomes water again. That's when they've woken up. And they do it on a schedule. In fact, I have a calendar, but it's woefully inadequate now because they're 25 years late. Hey, wait. Wait. So, fun fact. Pan, how old are you? 25. Oh. Oh, that bodes ill. Well, it's a good thing, isn't it, then? There's no dragons, and I'm the only one. That's a piss-poor offering, isn't it? I can't do shit. She chuckles at that. I mean, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? So what do we have to worry about? I don't know. Aurorealis. If dragons are changing, well, that's a sign that something's not quite right. Well, when did... when did Aurorealis start? I mean, you'd know that. I mean, those towers definitely didn't spring up overnight. Oh yeah, so about Aurorealis. We're kinda... She's not happy with us. Mm -mm. Nope, nope. No, no. 
when I mentioned, like, crime situations that we might have gone into, it's mostly involving her. And, uh, this one, he kind of gestures towards Yuria to kind of distance himself. Uh, they're with their, uh, columnist friend, and they're, they really don't like Rorialis, and I don't know what that whole deal is, and they won't tell me, so... Ugh. Trouble just shakes her head. I don't even know who that is. That's not a name I recognize. Oh. Dr. Chaos, on the other hand. Oh, oh, I know who that is. I know Dr. I know Aurorialis. Not the doctor. There's no doctor in her name. In her past she was a No. Uh, why did I keep naming a character Dr. Chaos? Oh, because it's fun. It's That's so fun. good. It's so good. It sounds so, like a supervillain, but she's just a librarian. <laughs> I, she kind of was a supervillain back in the day, but that was 300 years ago. She settled down with her halfling wife in their library where they teach kids all day. Are they actually halfling Aww. married? That's adorable. That's really good. So she's <sighs> going to actually uh, show you guys a thing. Ooh. Okay. I like things. Come, come, come here. Come, come here. Look at this. Okay, so, so. so. Aurora Alice. All right, I know this name. Hex was telling me about her. Now Hex, and as she's as she's talking about this, she like clears a little spot off a table. She pulls out her hand, which is like this this mechanical mess. Like each knuckle or each each bit between knuckles is like a little a little tiny robot. Oh. And as she as she's talking, one of her fingers drops off, and all three of the pieces form a different shape, and now you can see a little representation of Hex to the Orc. Cool! And her second finger drops off, and it's now the towering figure of Aurorialis standing over him. She's a shapeshifter, this is what she does. Right. So Hex here was, um, was telling me a while back about this, this ice ghost lady, Aurorialis. I'm not 100% sure on how she died, something with Lendora politics, I don't give a fuck. Oh. So the two of them are like, okay, so the dragons are going to be a problem, so they came up here to look at our books, and of course, yeah, the third finger drops off, and it's trouble, and a fourth one drops off, and it's her. So we show them around, we taught them the history and things, and they were looking, they were here for like a week and a half, I want to say. Rorialis had a lot of reading to do, and Hex was very bored by the end of it, but he, he stuck it out. And then her thumb drops off, Actually, the rest of her hand drops off, because it's going to form a proper dragon. So, like, she goes off, and she tells me that she's going to go kill Apocalypse, which, you know, can't happen. And at this point, Trouble's like, why didn't you tell me that part? I thought you knew. Anyway, back to the story. So she tells me she's going to go kill Apocalypse, the dragon. And she's going to do it by freezing the ocean. And that's the last I saw of them, as her hand jumps back to being her hand. And that's what I know about her, so, you know, it sounds like you guys are all on the same side if you're here to stop dragons. We're not here to stop dragons. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. I mean, they're pretty bad news. We're here to stop Aurorealis. I still don't know why, though. She's freezing everything. But if she frees everything before a bunch of fire comes around, you kind of you gotta get to back to neutral, right? 
Maybe it's starting to shake with pure anger right now. She's getting. I don't know math. I'm sure we can just abandon our quest and leave everybody to burn because it's okay. Equilibrium will be achieved. Would everyone freeze, then burn, or just not freeze, and then just burn anyway? Yes. Pan is very confused, it sounds like. And while you guys have been tar- talking, Trouble kind of quietly left the room. So it's just you three and Dr. Chaos. Hey, Dr. Chaos, I got some robot bees I wanted to ask a couple questions about. I'm going to follow Trouble so that Yuri and Pan can talk to this nice orc lady. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, Yuri, you mentioned being very angry. Do you have anything to say or are you just stewing? I mean, at some point, she's going to be breaking here at Pan if he makes another comment. Although I want. I mean, I'm just going to start chatting Dr. Chaos up okay. about how to uh, repurpose orcish technology. I mean, most of it isn't for repurposing. It's kind of vital to who everyone is. So, okay, gonna get a little bit uncouth here. Bola had an accident. Her face flips over to one of concern. What happened to Bola? The elves killed him. Bola is dead. Her face remains on one of concern as she just slowly nods. That's unfortunate. Bola was apparently cooperating with Aurorealis, but we've kind of repurposed some of Bola's drone machinery to help us build our ship. And Bola might be a halfling now? Her face switches to one of anger. Yeah. That's a thing. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm guessing not good that you got that whole the whole thing's happening. She shakes her head. I'm not talking about this with you. Okay. I'm not going to teach a dragon the secrets of my people. Well, I mean, they're just kind of leftover bees. They're not like Bola. They kind of paw, but okay. She shakes her head and puts her hands up in the air and storms out of the room. It's like someone's shedded hair or something. Yeah, she slams the door behind her. That didn't go well. Maybe you should treat using her friend's body parts with a little bit more respect? Yeah. I, I want to say that that last thing Pop-Tart said was said by Yuria. Yeah. She probably said I was good at teeth. Yeah. I mean, this is built out of dragons. Right? Same difference. Uh, so Pop-Tart, you in trouble. You follow trouble back up to her office. She looks at you as you're following her. Just, I know she's a deception model, but we usually don't keep things between us. Like, oh my god, this was so vital. This was so vital. Someone's trying to kill the dragons. No wonder they're late. Uh, and she goes back up to her charts. Starts leafing through things and throwing things around. Sometimes people who trust each other keep secrets. Well, that's the worst thing. I don't think she knew it was a secret. I, I know I don't have any grounds to be mad, but I'm just so upset. I, I didn't even realize that this person was anything. When I saw her, like, she said Ice Ghost. She was, she's just a person when I saw her. I didn't even remember her. 
Are you mad at her, or are you mad at yourself for letting somebody get information that they could use to end the world? I'm very mad at myself, Pop-Tart. Good, because I'm not playing relationship counselor for you to again. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't expect you to. And Good, she goes I'm, back to another book. I'm really not smart enough. I think you are. Pop-Tart, she immediately closes the book that she literally just opened was trying to find something in. I don't think that's true. I don't think I've met anyone smarter at relationships. If you want relationship advice, you go talk to Mudslide. I'm not good at this. <laughs> Mudslide's no good at it either. Mudslide's so much worse at you at this. Oh my god. That's Do true. not talk to Mudslide about relationship advice. Pop-Tart, you're one of the most emotionally intelligent halflings I know. And I don't say that lightly. You are a spirit of community like nobody else. I know. I know. And I'm trying to protect mine. That's why I need your help. Well, if you're a spirit of community, I'm a spirit of advice. So let me know what you need. Because I'm very concerned about your friend. But I'm also very concerned for them. They're wrapped up in something way over their head. I know. Y'all calling me stupid? Yes. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> She actually wasn't, but, you know, <laughs> she was saying you could, you're not prepared for what's to come. I don't think he realizes what he's truly capable of, but I also don't think he wants to realize, but he kind of has to, because he can't rein in a power he doesn't understand. We've all seen what a halfling abusing their power looks like. Yeah, I know. I... You were there when youth turned, right? I think you were. You, you... Yeah, that was only a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, you met youth before... Before. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I, I definitely know. This feels very similar. Pan is in a precarious place. That's... Listen, I... I do have a plan that m might help him understand a little bit. I'm, I'm still working out the fine details, but we're going to see Toast. She's nodding. Okay. That may work. If anyone would understand. I'm going to bring him a gift to butter, butter him up. I just need to ask my columnist friend to make it for me. I'm sure they can do it. You just gotta butter Toast up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's true. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the pun. <laughs> Today is a day of revelations. I uh, like how each one of us has had a revelation about something and gotten mad about it. Hey, the halfling thing is brilliant. It's true. Anyway, enough patting ourselves in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast's real good, you guys. She, she's racking her brains for a moment, and then she's nodding. I don't think anyone would be better than Toast. Yes, this seems like a good course of action. They'll have better advice than mine, because, frankly, I'm not going to be able to get over my distrust. And that's just a fact. That's part of me. You want him out of your library as soon as possible, and I'm so grateful that you're letting him stay. 2,000 years, Pop-Tart. I've seen two dragon attacks. I'm old. 
I'm, I'm not going to change. I know. I've never seen it firsthand, but I've heard the stories, and I know what you're afraid of, but you don't have to be afraid of Pam. I want to believe that, but the fear won't go away. I know you'll believe me, at least. I do. I trust you, Pop-Tart. Then that's all I need. Just try to be nice to him. He's basically my brother. She nods. Okay. Okay. If you're allowing me one favor, that's what it is. Well, no. My one favor to you is going to be you can spend a week in the library. I will not tell anyone you're here. You all can spend as much time looking as you need, for whatever you need, but stay out of my way. We're kind of wanted. Oh, good. Aren't we all these days? No, I... I started a revolution in Landora. Oh, good. Fantastic. They have a halfling now. Oh, that's good! Fantastic! I saw her being born. That's beautiful. Wanna maybe tell her where that halfling came from, or...? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Pop-Tart has more tact. Let's hope deception continues to decept. I'm not telling any lies. I'm just withholding certain facts. Weren't you supposed to be a good person, Pop-Tart? Yes. Yeah, Pop-Tart- Pop-Tart's handling this so much better than you by not telling Shut things. Shut up! <laughs> How many times has Pop-Tart saved my life? Hmm. How many times has Pan saved my life? Hmm. How many times has pa- Pan endangered your life? <laughs> yeah, I had to save your life from something that Pan did. I mean, Pan I mean, also al- saved your life. It, it kind of goes both ways, but- You did almost get us arrested. Eh, it's fine. Anyway, um, there's a new halfling outside of Lindora. That's very good news. Maybe you should pay her a visit. I just might. I just might. I think... Revolution. Oh, that's foreboding. She's some kind of... Machine being, I think? Sounds like we'll have nothing in common. It'll be fun for research, at least. And you never know, maybe she'll be fun at the next party. Back in the museum where Pan and Yuria are. You guys have been left alone in a whole collection of dragon stuff if there's anything you want to look at or do anything with. I'm going to do something I haven't done yet. Okay. He's going to try to commune with the dragons using the dragon spirit gear option that I gave to him way back when but have never actually used. Yeah. So I can speak softly with the entire museum because the entire or the entire library because it is it is a dragon. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking how that works is the whole time you've been in here, you've been feeling yeah, roll your roll your move by the way while I'm describing this. The whole time you've been in here, you felt a humming in your ears. A ringing in your soul. You feel an energy here that you've never felt before. I don't think I'm hearing anything, though. Clove, are you... you, That's like the third time you've rolled a two and a one. (laughs) Maybe you should get your own dice. Anyway. Mm. So you still get to ask one question from the list. And I'm going to say that the the feeling feels very weak to you. 
And when you start to reach out and try and connect with it now that you have a free moment, you realize it's because you can hear a dead dragon. And it's all around you. It doesn't have much to say because it has very little energy to say it with. But it's resonating with you, and it will answer your question. What do you want from me? From you? I want nothing from you. You're not at fault. He's not gonna tell anyone about this. Well, hearing us right there. You don't hear it. You hear nothing. You just see Pan meditating. Just see Pan staring at the dragon model and just kind of mumbling to himself. Alright. So that's what your dragon spirit is, is you can commune with what once was. You can feel the energy of dragons, and it's much stronger here than most places, but... But when you leave later, you'll realize that that ringing has always been there. You just didn't notice it until you were basically touching an actual dragon. Hmm. Someone other than yourself. So Yuria, all around the room are weird artifacts that are non-mechanical in nature. Do any of them interest you at all? Is there something magical here? Yes, you feel... You feel that feeling you get when Harbinger makes something explode is kind of resonating throughout the room. Alright, let's try to find this thing. I don't I don't know what I'm actually finding, so I was... Well, do you want to look closely and we can see where that takes you? Yeah, let's do that. What's the stat that for that? seems like the way to go. Oh, uh, that's sense. Awesome. That's an eight. Alright, you may ask two questions from the list. Hmm. Tell me about the source of magic. How could it hurt me? How could it help me? Okay. Yeah, as you're feeling around the room, something... This seal feels like something... unusual. You realize that, like, the energy that Pan gives off is emanating throughout most of this room. But one thing here isn't a dragon artifact. And it's just a otherwise unremarkable item in the middle of a pedestal that contains, like, a scale, and a chip of a talon, and a sword made out of a dragon tooth. And there is this little... It's labeled as a dragon's eye, is what it is, and it's a crystal orb. But it's very clearly not actually from a dragon. You don't feel energy like Pan here, you feel energy like Dog here. You're just been a little conflicted about dogs. Just not any more terrified of it. So how could it hurt me? How could it help me? Okay. Yeah. So this orb here, you immediately feel something unnatural about it. Like the the way the dragon magic feels like it feels like the earth. It feels like it belongs. It feels like something that's just part of how the world works. Whereas this feels like something that's from outside of that. And you don't know what that means, and that scares you. Hmm. And how could it help me? Well, if it feels like Dog, and Harbinger just told you that he uses Dog to reach into the veil and do magic, this might also do that. But of course, you're not going to steal from a museum, are you, Yuria? Yeah, Yuria. Aren't you a good person, Yuria? 
What if I said I was a good person? You need to stop asking that question. I'm going to ban <laughs> that question. <laughs> so you get for bullying me. Uh, I never said I was good, damn it! Maybe you shouldn't have done all those crimes. <laughs> Yuri has stolen a lot of bullshit, actually. <laughs> this uh, is par for the course. Yeah. So I get one more question. So. You do. <sighs> this might be a little unorthodox, but... So Harbinger said something about using... About the heart. So I'm wondering... What will happen if I take up this orb and call upon my belief in my friends? Okay. So you're going to, like, touch it and then do your regular healing stuff? Yeah. I don't know how many bombs you want me to raise, but... Well, there's only one person who needs healing, and it's Harbinger. And they only have one damage, so... Do the normal thing where you erase one bond to heal Harbinger one. Okay, we'll do that. So normally, how this works is you just kind of believe hard enough and it kind of works. And they just kind of feel better somehow. Now you can see it. While your hand is on this orb, you get a clear view of Harbinger. And you see their soul, like what you saw with Pop-Tart. And you see a tear. And you just kind of reach out with your mind and stitch it back together for them. And just like that, it's done. Yuri immediately drops the orb and falls backwards. It lands back on the table with a clink. And it, does, it doesn't shatter or anything, it just lands on the table and rolls. And Pan, you do notice that, because like she just stole something from a stand and dropped it. <laughs> and then <laughs> fell over. Hey, you... <sighs> what... Okay, well, I guess I'm not the only one getting to some shit here. What the hell am I? You're a panda. I told you that already. I... How's the veil? Wait, what? Pan severely does not understand what's going on. He was not paying attention to the veil conversation. You went back for it. It has to have come up before. Nope. Yara doesn't really have much to say, but she does run out of the room. Mm, okay. Not telling Dr. Chaos about that one. <laughs> so does Pan just put the orb back in its place? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You put it back on its pedestal and you kind of angle it until it looks right. At this point, like, Pop-Tart is bounding down the stairs. Okay, just as Yuria rushes out of the room, you two crash into each other. Hi, Yuria, we're allowed to stay here. Huh? I, 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 I... Okay, okay, okay. Are you okay? I, I... She's not. I can see that. I... I... I, I just... Look, Yuria. Yuria's <laughs> arms are just completely shaking as she's looking at herself. I'm gonna hold them, like, real, real nice and gentle. Just like... Idly pet her Sophie Paul with my thumb. I cast magic. That's so cool. I I I don't even know. Oh, you've been doing it this whole time. Wait, what? Didn't you know that? No. You've been casting magic this whole time. Magic, it, listen. 
Magic is based in belief. The more you believe, the stronger it is. Nobody has more belief in everybody than you. This is just so much. Don't worry about it. Yuri starts to calm down a little, and then she's... She wants to try this one more time. So I'm gonna use a move... Well, she's gonna go outside the library and try to find a... Uh... Sure, that's a good idea. Might want to wait for the resident wizard to, like, help you out a little bit. No, she's too impatient to consult Harmonture about this. So, Yuri, you're going outside, you said? Yep. Okay. As you open the front door, something immediately catches your eye. It's dark out, it's nighttime, the sun has set. But it's very bright out, because the train station is on fire. Oh. Oh. Not our fault. Damn, I better get out there and take care of that then, huh? Let's go! Wait, what? 